This is Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State, a podcast about exploring the hidden gems right in your own backyard. Hey everyone, welcome to Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State. Sarah and I are here hosting, trucking along this season with our small town getaway series, and it's going to be ending soon, which we're reaching a couple of the final small towns, which is very sad. I don't know how you feel about it, Sarah, but I've been having a lot of fun this season. What are your thoughts? You know, sad, but also excited because I'm really looking forward to the next seasons we can do and see what we're going to cover because, spoiler alert, I think we might be shifting focus. And as much as I love the small towns, I can't wait to kind of dig into other other things too. Yes, I agree with that for sure. Um, speaking of which, which may or may not, who even knows, uh, be a potential candidate for a season, Only in Your State just released their latest uh, editorial series. It was unveiled this week. It's our Hidden Gems series across the United States. Um, Our team at Only in Your State put together this incredible series. These articles span the country, some of the best hidden gems. I know you worked on this too, Sarah. Were Mm -hmm. there any favorites from this series or this list that you were like, oh man, I have to add this to my next vacation trip? So I will say that this is, I think, the official third year that we've been doing this. And each year we come across things that are absolutely wonderful. Um, So I just want to say that every every time we've done it, I've loved places on this list. And this year, yeah, there are a few few standouts. Um, I really love uh, Ruby Falls in Tennessee, which is Mm. an underground waterfall. Looks amazing. I've never been. It's on my list. Um, also a park on Kiowa Island, which is in South Carolina. And then also the, uh, Mohican castle, which is near me in Ohio. And I've been to that before and it's lovely and anything near Mohican, which is sort of a central Ohio is, is wonderful. So yeah, there's a lot of other spots too. Like you said, it's Northeast, South, Midwest, Northwest, Southwest. We covered it all. So (laughs) there are a lot of places to find. Yeah, you really get a little bit of something uh, everywhere. And what's really cool about these features on Only in Your State, it's not just your your average, uh, <laughs> it's not just your average article that you're getting that we usually are publishing. This is an interactive map where you look at it, you could see where these hidden gems are. And let's say you're going to a specific region of the country that you're kind of trying to find those off the beaten path places. You could just click around and it'll bring you to the landing page for the hidden gem. You could read all about it. There are photos. Uh, it's like a really immersive experience, which I thought is really cool. It is. And I know I mentioned a lot of more natural things and a couple, I guess, one, two natural things in one, um, one man-made spot. But I will say everything that we've put on this list is pretty unique Uh, in and of itself. So we have some man-made things, we have natural things, but it's one of those lists of places you would just want to travel to. So explore the map, click the interactive map, like you said, and see all where all the hidden gems are. And yeah, it'll just be a fun time. Yeah, it it, it really is just fun to play around too and see a lot of these places that I was clicking on, I had no idea existed, which I think is what makes this list so special every year is we, you know, the people behind it from only in your state, uh, you know, the team that you worked with to put this out, 
they really go out of their way to find places that maybe you've never heard of, maybe mm-hmm. are just these like underrated spots that locals locals know about. It's only by word of mouth or, you know, so it, it really gives you kind of this whole sense of, man, there's so much more out there to explore. I haven't seen it all and, and just inspire that travel. Absolutely. Um, and I do think that if you were to, not to say that you have to, but I'm just suggesting it, take a look at the regions and make a little road trip itinerary for wherever you are in the country, it would be a blast just from going from lighthouse to beach to accommodations to a historic site. There's all sorts. So um, yeah. yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, that that's a great idea to make a road trip because that uh, the map in general, it just really lends itself to combining, you know, five, six different spots and making a whole trip out of it, which yeah. when, I, when I was looking at the map, uh, the Southwest region, which is one of my favorites, I loved everything that was there and I hadn't been to any of the places that were in the Southwest. So to me, that's like a whole road trip of like six or seven places in general that already I'm adding to my list, uh, you know, by just reading this one uh, Only in Your State article. Absolutely. And what I love about uh, the hidden gems that we pick out every year is that we try to mix up the states. So I know that sometimes whenever you're writing a national piece, you might be mentioning uh, national parks that always come up and like these big, um, say like the Grand Canyon. We're not just featuring the Grand Canyon. It's something a little bit different and maybe things you haven't heard of. So we're also choosing states that are unique. So last year we did a set of states. This year there are some repeats, but you know, Kansas, Wisconsin, Tennessee, uh, I think like Nevada, Maine, like it doesn't matter where you are. There's going to be something near you to check out. Yeah, that's what's very neat. It's it's like a very much all inclusive, uh, no matter what state you're in, you could find something. Absolutely. And honestly, I think one of my, you know, personal bucket lists is taking every hidden gem, every season of this that we do every year. Um, not podcast season, but on the site, I guess, the annual tent pole, and just looking through it and hitting all of the spots. I mean, yeah. I think it's a great to-do list. Just, you know, they're all so yeah. unique and fun. I agree. And I was my favorite from that whole list just happened to be in Utah, which is uh, where we're covering today. But that Fantasy Canyon in Utah, yeah. I saw those photos were gorgeous first and foremost, but it just looks like such a, a really unique, fun place. Uh, whether you visit during the sunset or not, it just looks beautiful. Yes. And honestly, I had no idea this existed in Utah. Um, right. Because I'm so used to seeing like Zion National Park and Moab and stuff. And I don't know, I'm not sure where it's exactly it's located, but Fantasy Canyon is just the most unique rock formations. I haven't dug into how it was created or why, but they're not, it's not like Monument Valley where you have big sort of like rectangular outcroppings or like plateaus. They're unique and just kind of, I don't know, it almost looks like a termite mound or something. It's it's so cool. Yeah, it is. It's definitely very unique. I, I think, I want to say this one, just looking at the map, is in the northeast corner of the state. And for our episode today, we are going to the southwest corner to Penguich, Utah. <laughs> did you have to Google pronunciation? You know, I, I did not. Uh, 
and I, I said penguin, I hope it's right, but I also think it's adorable. I just imagine a penguin with a sandwich, just the cutest little guy. <laughs> I hope that's their town mascot. If not, look, penguin, I'll make it for you. Oh, man, you really are going out of your way on marketing for these small towns. <laughs> You're crushing it. Oh, thanks. Thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so pe- penguin, I did Google, which... Also, I found this great website that does you could submit your own your own pronunciations. Oh god. Which I <laughs> nice. think is cool but equally terrifying cuz you know, very confusing. You don't know what people get <laughs> someone like me on there like holy. <laughs> right. So I did but the general consensus you can vote on which one is accurate. So the one with the most votes was Penguin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what are your initial thoughts about Penguin? What, what did you come across in your first impression? So I was stunned by how, uh, how close it is and the close proximity to so many cool things yet is mm-hmm. yet, but is also very isolated. And I think that mm-hmm. probably, you know, rings a bell for a lot of places out West, especially Utah. Like I've driven through, you know, like going from Grand Junction over to Cedar City quite a few times. And it does feel... Like there's a lot of beautiful spots, but there's not that many towns in between. So I thought it was really cool how um, it's kind of in the center of a lot of stuff to do. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. No, same. It's I was reading it's it's part of the Grand Circle, which is a loop of some of the Southwest uh, best national parks. So oh, a lot okay. of people. Yeah, they they don't know that Penguin exists until they're kind of making that loop. And then mm-hmm. they use this town as a home base to kind of get out and explore. That's why I think there are so many motels, hotels, um, really inexpensive places to spend the night is because you're not really going to stay in the hotel. You're going to be out and about exploring the town and then exploring these national parks in the area. Yes, absolutely. And it kind of reminds me of, um, gosh, I think it's, this is also in the more like Northeast, but, uh, well, I guess it's not too far away, but uh, Green River. Like, I feel like whenever I pass through Utah, it's one of those stretches on like 70 where it's like nothing else is around except for, you know, natural areas. And then here's a town. So get, mm. get fuel up and maybe stay. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's adorable. I really like Penguin. Um, I never would have discovered it probably even if I was on the, the what'd you call it? The Golden Circle? Grand no. Circle. Grand Circle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I was looking when I was looking into it. Um, this isn't something that's going to really jump out at you on a map, mm-hmm. especially if you have places in mind like Bryce Canyon or right. you know Dixie National Forest. You're not really looking for Penguin except maybe to gas up your car, if that. Right. But there's so much to do and see here. It really is like an adorable town. It kind of was giving me Fredericksburg, Texas vibes. Yeah. Uh, just like on Only first glance. Slightly more like frontier pioneer stylings, but yeah, yes. very similar. Yeah. Just in, in terms of architecture, especially because Panguitch has this locally made red brick that they've been using. It's kind of what the town is known for. Mm-hmm. Um, they the Making... Brick was like a community endeavor that people would come together to do, and which is why the downtown area has so many historic uh, brick structures and brick homes. And 
there's something about just like that that hue of the brick paired with these mom and pop shops that yeah to me just kind of like rounds out the character yeah and i think actually the entire historic district is like on the national register of historic places so that i think entire downtown area if i if i'm reading that correctly because it is like, like as you said, used with all of the um, the brick and the old style sort of buildings, and it almost feels like you're on a movie back lot. I think whenever mm. I was looking at like Street View, like it is so unique. Yeah, agreed. So in terms of history, did you find anything really cool, like you know, Penguich origin story or anything else? Uh, well, I mean, it seems like it's it was founded what in I think I had 1860s. Uh, first yeah. settled in 1860s by non-indigenous. I think um, like some members of the LDS church moved out that way. But I know that there was a lot of um, different tribes in the area already. And then mm-hmm. I think I think what made the history of the town makes a lot of sense. I think it's just like not it's a tourism spot, as you said, like you can make it your home base, but it doesn't seem overwhelmingly touristy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get that, too. Because I think, um, well, especially because it kind of closes down during the colder months because nobody's really there. I was going to ask you that because whenever I was planning my perfect day, I'm like, all right, everything I'm looking up because we're recording this in mid-January and most places said temporarily closed. And I was realizing, oh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of like ice fishing and winter sports in the area or maybe like just like winter activities. But it seems like a lot of the businesses do put a pause um in the winter yeah and speaking of fishing that's actually the penguin got its name which means big fish um yeah. yeah so it's a it was a paiute word that was uh it was an homage to the nearby penguin lake which this lake mm-hmm. provided sustenance to indigenous tribes lots of rainbow trout and then also uh, pioneers that came over too used this lake for fishing, and that's how uh, that's how Penguich the name came to be. Yeah, it, it's really funny too um, because if I were to look at a map and just pick out Penguich, because if I'm not zoomed in and I don't see the lake, I'm like, why would it be big fish? I mean, right? It's, yeah. It's, but now I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's very it's very cool. Yeah, because I think the lake is like 20 minutes outside of town, too. It's not it is, like the town yeah. is right on the lake. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is a little confusing. But um, in relation to that and what you were saying about outdoor activities during winter, this town is kind of known for just being outdoors in general all, all yeah. year round. Um, hiking, mountain bike, biking, ATVs. Uh, fishing. If you're not going to these national parks, you can still enjoy so much in the area just being outside. I will say too that the average highs and lows throughout the year, aside from the business shutdown, it does seem like a town that would be, as long as you're prepared for an outdoor adventure, no matter the weather, it seems like something you could visit any time of year and find something to do. Yeah, I agree. And I, so Utah has been on my bucket list for a very long time. Even when I was traveling, this was probably one of my top three states and I never made it through. Oh no. Because I know it was, I don't know how this happened, but it it was usually just like a seasonal thing because obviously I was traveling, when I was traveling in my sprinter van, I had my dog with me. Mm -hmm. So 
you have to be just really cautious of the temperatures, highs and lows. Yes. Um, so that for some reason, <laughs> I was just never in Utah in that like, you know, sweet spot of temperature. It was always just like extremely right. frigid or blisteringly hot. Yeah, I, uh, I too drove through Utah a couple times with my dog and he's not, he wasn't raised in the desert. And so it was usually on our way to or from somewhere. And I don't think he's a fan. The first time I let him out of the car, <laughs> he stepped, he was, you know, taking a little potty break and came back with thorns in his paws and he was confused. <gasps> no. Yeah. No, a little, little dummy. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> just going to say, yeah, I never had a chance to actually stop and visit. It was more of a, I'm going through the state, but not actually stopping aside from getting gas. Right. Yeah. And I think after looking at Panguitch and seeing the, like using that as a home base, mm -hmm. I think would have been way better in terms of planning travel. Yeah. Because you want to, it's what, 20 minutes from Bryce Canyon. It's like an hour and a half, I think, from Zion. Yep. And it's like, it's right in the middle of a valley surrounded by Dixie National Forest. So right there, you have three spots at minimum that already you can have, you know, a bunch of day trips planned and just use Panguitch as your home base. Yeah, there's so, I was shocked by how many places you could go. Uh, from Panguitch. It's just amazing. Like, mm. and I think also, um, I mean, gosh, you could just zoom in on the map and see like other state parks nearby, peaks, monuments, buttes. Like, it's just, it's overwhelming how many things that are nearby. Yeah. And beautiful too. Just looking at these photos and these canyons that are this like bright red mm -hmm. clay. And then you have these vibrant, green ponderosa pines it's really picturesque yeah yeah it is um i'm not i wasn't super familiar but was red can is red canyon part of bryce canyon or is that separate because i did see that on the list as well i think it's separate okay. um don't quote me on that but uh i do think it's separate because i think it was like around six miles from penguin oh i see gotcha yeah, so I think it was just like a separate place. Okay. But um yeah, that place too just looked beautiful mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, the just this red clay that uh you know, you really can't find anywhere else except if you're in the southeast United States in terms of America. Mm -hmm. Um and that's it's really special. I think to me the southeastern uh states are some of the most underrated, I think in America. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I think it has a lot to do with, just from my personal experience, is, is like there's a lot of um, highways going through, so you might be traveling through, going from one place to the other, but you have to mm. actually take some time to stop and look at all of these places, not just driving on the highway, which is beautiful, don't get me wrong, but you know, it should yeah. you should really take the time to plan a stay, and Panguitch, honestly, is like one of the perfect places. Um, I will say, yeah. it, I, I am a foodie, and I love food, but I feel like this is more of like an outdoorsy adventure kind of small town. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. If you're looking for something to do, and you want to go ATV riding, or horseback riding, or go on a hike, go on a fun drive, this is a place to do it. Definitely. I was I also just being a, a Wild West style town, a pioneer town. Oh, yeah. 
I was kind of expecting more saloons. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it looked like <laughs> I whenever I looked at the first photo, I'm like, okay, there's at least got to be five. Where are the swinging doors? <laughs> I want to see it. Right. Yeah, but that is a very good point. Um, this isn't like a big foodie destination, but it really you'll get outside and you'll be able to uh, enjoy a ton of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So with with that said, did you determine what the best time of year to visit would be? I'm actually uh, leaning towards early summer, like June, May or June, not only are there mm-hmm. some like the, like a, um, a balloon rally, a, that quilt festival, quilt walk festival, and then some other things going on mm-hmm. in June and August. So I felt like there's a lot of things to do, but also if the businesses do take a pause in the winter, I thought it'd be great whenever it picks back up in late spring. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It, I didn't know, again, I know we talked about this, but I didn't know that this was the type of place that was geared more towards warmer months mm-hmm. and that they have a lot of seasonal businesses yeah. that are temporarily closed just because of the extreme uh, winter weather. But um, so, yeah, I would say if you want to get the full penguin effect, it would be spring and summer. Yeah, I will say that whenever um, we were looking up uh, Wellfleet, Massachusetts it also had I think just because Mm. it's on the um in the cape or whatever it is also going to be impacted by that so a lot of those shops there were seasonal as well so like the um kind of like the seafood places the little huts and things on the on the coast but this is yeah that's Mm. the only other town I think we've covered that had that sort of seasonality in terms of businesses yes you're right so with that said I'm very curious to to hear about your perfect day because I do feel like this um Panguitch Utah in general kind of took a different route I know usually you know sometimes our our choices are geared more towards food uh finding a great place for a glass of wine mm-hmm. and accommodations yeah I feel like it's it's definitely a different theme so tell me yes. about your perfect day in Panguitch Utah and you know what not to say there can't be wine I'll fill up a camelback it's fine um <laughs> yes but uh yeah so i am gonna think gonna go in summer or at least late spring um because i'd want to do a lot of the outdoorsy adventures and make sure i have good weather for that and whenever i was looking at places to stay there are some like kind of like classic motels that it just like I don't know why it feels so like nostalgic to me. Not that I always stayed in like little roadside motels, but it seems to be the vibe with a lot of the lodgings, which is adorable. But I did find a mm. house made of that red clay brick um, that used claims to be a former sheriff's home, and you know had mm. like used to be a jail and a. I gosh, I don't know what else. Like maybe like a stable, and it's just gorgeous. Like a nine gable house has a widow's walk. And it's just beautiful, and it's within the town of Panguitch. So I'd want to stay at that historic spot. I'm sure there are others, but those are the ones. Nice. That's the one I found. Um, cool. And then I would be waking up early, swing by like a little to-go kind of coffee shop, like the Wanderlust Cowgirl Coffee, get pastry and a pick-me-up ready for an outing. Uh, I'd probably head down to Lake Panguitch first and do some horseback trail rides. There's there's so many like ATV and side-by-side Reynolds in the area. So if I had more than a than a day, which honestly, if you're going to Penguin, I think you should probably stay the weekend or a week. But if I just had a day, 
I think I would do a horseback trail ride because it starts at Penguich Lake. You go on a little uh, route that takes you up into the Dixie National Forest, and it just looks gorgeous. Um, so you could just like, kind of get your fill of the Western vibes. Um, and then while going back to town, I'd probably make a loop and go over to the Bryce Trading Post and kind of like explore near the Red Canyon area to see if there are any outlooks or vistas I could check out, even if I'm not doing some heavy hiking, just to like kind of take it all in, in the, in the grandeur of the area. Mm. Um, and yeah, since there's not like a huge, huge focus on food, I wasn't super concerned about that, but I did see there are some cute places like the, uh, Backroads Bistro or the, uh, Kenny Ray's Diner. So there are some options just for just like chill food there after your adventure. Um, and yeah, honestly, I think my evening would just be wandering around the town, looking at all of the antique shops. So like the, uh, smoking hot antiques in the old firehouse or, um, mm. or all the different, like, uh, different smaller stores, like Western shops, and then also checking out the gem theater. But really it's going to be, you know, finding ways to explore the area. Um, I think Bryce, didn't you say like, uh, so Bryce Canyon, I think is what, 20 to 40 minutes and then Zion is an mm -hmm. hour, hour and a half. So mm -hmm. definitely doable. But yeah, I'd, I'd much rather do that in a weekend rather than um, just one day. How about, how about you? Like, yes, I, I don't know if I have a feeling it's going to be somewhat similar, but <laughs> I'm just curious <laughs> where yes. you're going with it. Yes, it is. It is similar. Um, so I'm kicking off my day at Kenny Ray's. Mm -hmm. You know me. Yep. I love a good diner. And uh, it just looks like, you know, classic diner food, sitting around with locals, kind of maybe swapping plans for the day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, taking out an ATV. And uh, there are a bunch of different companies that provide ATV rentals and tours. And um, I just think that would be so neat to take an ATV out, hit the trails, nothing too crazy, but just kind of get a different vantage point. Um, yeah. and then I would head to Red Canyon. I, I th just, these photos look gorgeous and, um, I would hike through the, the Red Canyon rock formations. There's also, a um, uh, the Cassidy trail, which yeah. the local lore is that, yeah, Butch Cassidy took an escape route, uh, through this trail after an attempted murder. And that just seems like a cool right. slice of history. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of like the world's biggest Ronald Reagan from. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Covington, Louisiana. That there aren't any presidential <laughs> statues here. I know you're looking for that, but ne next town maybe. Maybe I'll find <laughs> one. <laughs> right. Um, and then yeah, so then I would head back into town, um, and and just do some shopping, wa walking around, learn about the the pioneering history of the town, maybe grab a bite to eat at Henry's Drive-In, which is seasonal burgers and fries and milkshakes. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, that Penguich Gem Theater uh, just looks like such a cool place to catch a movie. And then they also have inside a sort of like a movie museum, yeah, too, yeah. which I thought that looked really neat. And... 
yeah, no saloons. Yeah, so, well, uh, you can make your uh, own. A little bummed about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. So I did. I was looking on uh, Verbo instead of staying in town mm-hmm. because they have a ton of cabins yes. right on Penguin Lake. Yeah. And like these are literally some of the most beautiful cabins I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and with these gorgeous porches, like wraparound porches that overlook the lake. Yeah. And relatively inexpensive, too. So to me, that just seems like a really great place to set up shop for the week and do a, a bunch of different national parks and hikes and uh, and just have that Penguin Lake as a, as a home base. Yes. And not to go against the grain, but I will say, maybe we should... This isn't a perfect day. It is a perfect week. So... If you're staying in Penguin, yeah. I say you got to stick to it and go to all the national parks, do the horseback, do the ATV, and just like get it all in. Because from someone like me who's grown up on the eastern side of the country, whenever I'm near like these rock formations and canyons, I'm just like jaw dropped, feel like I'm on a different planet, and I just want to yeah. explore as much as I can. Yeah, I agree. There's something about the southeast to me that is just really special. And maybe it is too, because I grew up on the East coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so these rock formations are called hoodoos. Is that how you pronounce that? Oh, I, I did not even come across that hoodoos. Okay. So yeah, I kept coming across this. It's like a hoodoo. And I was like, Oh, that's gotta be a weird typo, but no, it's not. These who, these are the oh, tall, what you're okay. talking about, these tall, thin, like rock spires. Mm-hmm formed by erosion is called a hoodoo and uh and that's what a lot of in this particular area and in bryce canyon and red canyon it's these are what the rock formations are called so i officially am going to be making a shirt that says that hoodoo that you do (laughs) and just wear it out in the parks and see how many excited hikers i can find (laughs) probably a lot i would wear it i would definitely wear that for sure (laughs) Yeah, those are it's I did not know that's what it was called, but yeah, it's it's really stunning to see and I'd love to see it with my own eyes because it's just wow. I I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, and also these uh the name of these rock formations hoodoo, it's derived from uh hoodoo spirituality that is said that certain natural forms are said to possess certain powers. Oh, okay. Interesting. And yeah, it was kind of like a good luck symbol. And then in the 19th century, it took a turn and this oh. <laughs> the spirituality be- became like a bad luck thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> we need to, that's a whole other episode, uh, deep dive on that. But honestly, now that um, you say it, I would love to do like um, some travel lore and just like local lores of these hidden mm. gems in small towns, because I feel like every place has an interesting story that maybe maybe it's not well known or we have to get it from a local but i would love to i would love to hear some like locals from Panguitch talk about the hoodoo whether it's good or bad yeah. why when did it happen that would be cool yeah that's not a bad idea for a for a whole season yeah. <laughs> of urban legends across america absolutely uh i would i would be down for that so anything else about Panguitch that you wanted to share well, I mean, I feel like we covered it. I think that if you visit, yeah. you want to, you know, get outside and 
just really embrace the uh, the surroundings. Yeah. Bring your hiking boots. Yes. Bring your cameras. Water, first um, aid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, maybe leave your cell phone at home. Maybe disconnect for a little bit. Yeah. And just get outside in nature and take it all in. Absolutely. I support that 100%. Unplug, but for yes. real. <laughs> yes. Unplug and penguin. Yes. Oh. New slogan. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> we'll go next to the penguin. We better get some royalties. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> If you're ready to take on this adventure with us, exploring the best small town getaways across the United States, make sure to like and subscribe on whatever listening platform you use. Only in Your State is an award-winning travel publisher that uncovers hidden gems and local favorites across the U.S. We have a presence in all 50 states with a passionate following of fellow travelers looking to get out and explore. Head on over to onlyinyourstate.com to find the best attractions in your backyard and beyond.